Manila or where where are you at? Uh, just south of uh, of Manila, second biggest city is Cebu. Uh, okay, is that where you're it's at? Been a good week. Yeah, I just came from a, a yoga retreat um, actually this weekend, which is a, a big first for me, but a lot of fun. Okay, that's awesome, man. And ready to conquer the AI world? Yes, sir. Awesome, guy. I think I'm going to ask. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. All right. What's up, Vision Pros? My name is Jackson Callum. I'm your host. I am the founder and CEO of First Class Business, and I'm so excited to have Garrick Tate on today. Uh, seems like a young man. He looks very young. He might be a little bit older than I than I may be thinking uh, due to the amount of wisdom that he has and experience in investing and AI and, and helping the world understand AI, uh, running companies in the Philippines and beyond. It'll be really interesting to get to know his story and background even further as we dive into the depths of artificial intelligence. And we might, you know, dive into other topics too, based on his vision. Um, so fun to learn from people who started their visions super young um, and have dedicated a lot of time to building those up. Um, so anyway, we'll be diving on in just a minute. As far as our sponsors go, I want to give a shout out to Icon Maker Live. It is coming up. We are now just a few days away from, in fact, we're one week away from the start, one week in a day on the 30th of September, August, September, right? Yep, September coming up. And <laughs> I'm already losing track of my months. Um, Icon Maker Live, awesome opportunity to learn how to launch a profitable podcast and work with some industry gurus that are both great in terms of business as well as excellent at rocking the mic and knowing how to uh, present yourself in front of an audience, especially as a professional. Cheryl Plouffe and, and Tom Matson are excellent leaders. Make sure to check out their profiles over on iconmakerlive.com as well as their lineup of speakers and how they're going to run that virtual conference. Capshow.com as well. Capshow is the leading AI content producer for um, any type of audio or video file media. I like to specifically talk about it from the podcast angle because that's what we mostly use Capshow for is uploading our show onto there and it produces our show notes. It produces LinkedIn articles, um, social media posts. It produces sound bites and audio clips uh, that can then help us repurpose the content for getting out there through like, um, what are those called? YouTube shorts and reels and TikTok and things like that. So very cool program for also developing your show. And if you are like me, I'm, I'm a better editor and publisher than I am a writer. Writing takes me a long time. But when I've got an AI that can produce that material for me, uh, then I can scale my content so much faster and get it out there easier because I'm not stuck in the content development phase. Let's get off of the uh, the hamster wheel in regards to that. So without further ado, let's bring on our AI genius hand, Garrick Tate. Thank you so much for joining me today. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Glad to be here, Jackson. I appreciate it, man. You, you make a big sacrifice to get up for the world and be ready for a show at 6 a.m. in the Philippines. Um, what's it like to live in the Philippines? You've been there for 10 years now, right? Yeah, I moved here when I was 18. So I feel like uh, partially just the, it's a new normal, right? Um, but mm -hmm. it's it's a really amazing culture here that the people are just ridiculously nice. Um, 
the infrastructure uh, outside of Manila has also uh, improved since since coming mm. here. Uh, it's easier to get access to uh, really good remote setups and and work from home setups and such. Um, but yeah, the uh, the culture is Makes is sense. really unique, um, and uh, the people here work really hard. They they also really lo love having fun. It's just a, a really great place to um, to settle down. Dude, that's really cool. I'm glad you brought that up because if you worked with the development world, let's say you took a took a sabbatical from that over the last several years, you decided you weren't hiring on Fiverr and Upwork and elsewhere, and you brought things back. Well, infrastructure changes dramatically over that type of a time frame. I remember when I was in Uruguay, it was 2009 when I left. Around 2007 and a half, 2008, these kids all received these green little laptops, um, and they were yeah, all one laptop per child. Home. Is that, oh, is yeah, that what it was? Uh, yeah, little green laptops. Uh, that was a charity um, that uh, I actually, yeah, I'm a huge fan of that charity. It's really cool. That's awesome. Well, now I know the name of it. Um, you know, we had no ideas, uh, just missionaries, like how, how the situation worked out. But we were really impressed that even though like the, the countries, uh, it had its certain um, set of poverty standards um, or, or realities, all of the communities had Wi-Fi in their plaza. Um, and I had never seen that in the United States at that point. So I was like, whoa, they got like community Wi-Fi here. This is this is crazy. Um, you know, and these kids all have laptops to help them with their education and stuff. But I haven't been to Uruguay in 14 years now. And the advancements of infrastructure, I can only imagine what has occurred over that time. And, and you're right, that does make it more accessible to to live remotely and work with, with more conveniences that you take for granted when you when you do leave uh, your country for the first time. Yeah, uh, the place I'm staying at here is it's called IT Park in Cebu, and uh, there's a very good set chance if if you're uh, listening to this episode, if you've called customer support, and if uh, you know it wasn't an Indian accent, that you're probably talking to someone who's like within one block of where where I'm at. And this whole place used to be a uh, an airport, actually, like. Uh, a little bit more than 10 years ago, but um, it's really been been exploding, uh, like how much infrastructure has been built out in such a short period of time. Dude, that's 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 awesome. And uh, for those of you who are, um, you know, have the wanderlust, um, you want to go travel, you want to be different places, it can be very helpful to have a mentor and friend such as Garrick, who's who's been there and done that um, and been working on uh expanding his vision to understand more of the world uh, as you get ready to expand your own. So Garrick, let's talk about that. Let's dive right into your vision. So um, in 30 seconds, what's your vision for those that you serve? My vision is to accelerate humanity's advancement towards abundance using artificial intelligence, ultra clarity with the usage of assets and assemble dream teams. All of that comes together to help entrepreneurs unshackle themselves and empower themselves to start new ventures uh, to have to have and drive impactful change. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, uh, very good. So it's not just the uh, idea of robots as much as it is the idea of robotic technologies helping out humanity with, with uh, humane things, things that have to do with bringing us together as teams you mentioned. Uh, talk to me about team building. Yeah, so team building for me boils down to just the hero's journey. So it's it's a it's a storytelling uh, method. 
Uh, I think a lot of people listening, I'm sure you've, you've heard of like this, uh, hero with a thousand faces and the, the hero's journey, people like Carl Jung and, and such. Um, I, I think that we are always part of a story. There's a great Carl Jung quote I love of like, we are dreaming even when we're awake, we're dreaming all the time. Um, Mm. and I think there's a lot of truth to that when you see how the brain, the brain fires, we, we want to be part of a story that matters. We want to be a part of a story that, um, empowers us. So I think a big part of team building is to, especially as a leader, to be making sure that all the members of your team are telling themselves the same story. They're telling each other the same story and it's a story that they have a place in where they're going to make an impact on that. They're going to um, be impacted by it as well and that they can all really get behind. Um, and that that comes to how you praise their work and also how you give them um, critical feedback. Um, but you always have to be making sure all that feedback is coming from that frame of this is where we're going. This is, you know, our, our steps towards there. Um, so it all, all boils down to that, uh, that frame. I try to keep that in mind. Brother, I'm with you on that. In fact, I really like that quote. I had to write it down. We want, we all want to be part of a story that matters. And it's funny because I was uh, listening to Jordan Peterson about three months ago and he said, people want to be left alone. Um, and I was like, what? Like, who are you talking about? Like, you're not talking about me. Um, and then I, but I, my maturity um, of, of like finally, you know, crossing the years of realizing life can be painful and difficult too. Um, I realized like, well, there's a lot of truth to this probably for certain people out there. And I realized, wow, this is actually smart advice. But um, I'm sure you're also familiar with, with similar concepts, you know, that people want to have community. They want to be left alone. They want to dream and be part of a story that matters. Um, how does a phrase like yours, we want to be part of a story that matters, correlate and coexist with the thought process that people also want to be left alone? Or is there a contrast um, and, and the perspectives? Uh, that's, a, that's a re- re- great question. I think that people, I, I believe I've, I've heard Jordan also say things like that. I've often heard him say it in the context of government government oversight or of um, I'll give you context down. on what I heard it from. So he, yeah, yeah. when he was talking Hi about- Hi guys, I'm Will, co-founder and CEO at What's Canvas. up, Will? <laughs> we got a little bit of a video coming on soon. Um, but the, okay, so he was talking about survival um, and right. how when you- uh, you know, the fish that swims on the edge of the of the pack is the one that gets eaten um, versus the bigger fish are usually in the middle of the school of fish. And the zebra that is the outlier, yes, same thing, okay. ends up getting attacked. So uh, he was talking a little bit about government, but I, I think he was talking about some truth regarding that. And, you know, maybe there's just different elements of people, um, you know, that that want to be known and be out there. Maybe there are people who don't kind of like a type or what, isn't that what they call it. A-type personalities. I think A-type um, is very driven. Like, like you, you, you can't be, a, you can't just like leave alone. You have to be driving towards something. But I, right. I, I think it's, I follow where, where, where that's coming from now. I, I think that even then, they're part of a story. And if you, if you are assembling a team where that team is is assembled for a particular mission statement, then the people who want to be 
left alone can, you know, that, that culture might not be right for them. Now, the answer also could be that the culture is perfect for them if, you're go- if they see that it furthers their own goals. So right. you know, they, they have to be there for, for their own reasons. Um, there have been quite a few people who have come and gone from, from my teams who, you know, they said on the day of the interview, you know, I'm here because I want to start my own company. And I think that being here and learning from you guys is going to be the way that, that I do it. And to that, I say, fucking come on board. And, you know, we, we put, you know, them into that, that position where they can learn what they need to learn. And uh, very often, like their personalities naturally are going to be, um, a little more independent, but you can absolutely work with that. They're still going to be part of the story that they're going to get what they need and where everyone else is going to get what they need as well. So for those of you who caught the Jedi mind trick, uh, Garrick probably did as well. Um, and that is Garrick. We've learned about Garrick that as a leader, he has the ability to make space from multiple perspectives versus somebody who felt like the the juxtaposition that I created between Jordan Peterson and himself, some people would feel inferior um, in that environment and feel like I just created a, a problem, you know, or a concern or something to feel like, oh man, is he saying I'm wrong? Um, and it takes that type of uh, that type of awareness for a leader to guide teams that are going to scale. Um, so I have a lot of respect for your, your capacity to navigate those waters. Gary, thanks for doing that with me. With that said, uh, for the visionary pros who are listening, for those who have um, skill sets, they want to expand, legacies they want to build, um, you know, who should be listening? Why should they be listening to you today? And what do you think they're going to get out of today's show? That's a great question. Yeah, what, one of the first concepts I got on my own entrepreneurial journey was the idea of like, who do you listen to? And you know, you should listen to people who have what you want and have been where you are. So I'm going to see if I can put myself in that mental gymnastic here. So I'd say where our superpower comes from and a little bit of, of, of what we've been doing. Uh, currently, we have three separate companies in the Philippines from publishing, outsourcing, software development. And across all three have implemented AI in different capacities. Um, we think that AI is, and I say, I say we, because it's not just a, a lone show with myself, also myself and my business partners. Um, of the three of us, I probably tend a little more towards the, the technical and towards operations. Um, but we've implemented AI across all, all three companies from marketing to operations, recruitment, whole bunch of different, different areas. And if I'd say to your to your listeners, if you are thinking about either starting new ventures or are currently in the middle of a venture and thinking about how do I drive the adoption of AI into my culture? How do I add AI automations, scripts or, or other things? Can I be looking for examples of, of how to add it you know, in this space or that space? Um, I'd say that all those are uh, in my my wheelhouse, so to speak. Um, was there anything there that I would expand on? I think that, I think that there's probably a lot more I could I could dig well, into. I'll dive start. in for you on that. That's uh, and just kind of guide you through that process. So um, I think one of the concerns that I wish business owners um, faced reality with um, and and kind of internalized more because it would actually be less scary and more eye opening if they realize that 
one, if they, if they don't get ahead of the AI curve, uh, companies like Google and Facebook and Tesla and beyond will eat their lunch money. Um, like that's going to happen. And at the same time, if they take the opportunity to learn about it and understand it and don't just keep their head in the sand, um, you know, hoping that this will go away, uh, then, then, uh, you know, they're just learning how to adopt the good that exists in the resource. Uh, their, their future could be very prosperous. Um, am I full of crap or am I, am I right, Garrick? You're welcome to call me out either way. I think you're very right. I think that there's, there's a lot of wisdom in the, in the point that you're not going to re, be replaced by AI. You're going to be replaced by someone else who's using AI to make themselves 10 times more effective. Um, and well said, I, I don't, I don't believe that, that AI is going to massively, uh, massively reduce, um, Ooh. the employment rate or, or things like that. We can, we can dig into a little more why, um, cause I think there's a few important factors left out of that conversation. Um, sure. and so if, if we, put that narrative off that, that story right off, off to the side and then just, just look at AI. What, what it is that it's a new tool. And we, Dude, we've been you here just before. inspired it. You just inspired. I was like, immediately when you said that, I was like, Paul Bunyan. I was like, there, there's a story, the lumberjack, mm, right? Yeah, and you've got yeah. the guy who can cut trees down as fast as he can with an ax, but you've got, you know, somebody that comes along with a chainsaw there. Are there any less lumberjacks in the world? No. Um, but yes, are they yeah. more effective at what they do? Absolutely. Um, that same revolution is underway with AI. Yeah. And there's, 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 there's a many examples in history of when output get increased. Um, so supply, the supply side of the curve increased demand shot up with it because the constraint was never on the demand side. It was on the supply side. You know, we just thought that, you know, that, that we well didn't said. need more more output um mm. and there's there's loads of examples of that in knowledge work actually uh as well i'll give you one example when when we released the atm about 80 percent of time of the time of bank clerks was spent just doing work that the atm automated so when the atm got rolled out to all all uh bank locations people were scared that you know their jobs you were going to tell away. her <laughs> but uh, and and you would think very logically it would decrease by 80% because 80% of their time had just like and sweep aside. You could literally do the same amount of work with one fifth mm -hmm. of people. Um, it was just the math. Um, but in fact, that the opposite happened. Bank jobs didn't go down, or bank teller jobs didn't go down. They they went up um, because what the banks did is they started opening up more locations, mm. right? Um, so. There was a constraint there that we didn't even realize that it got unlocked. Um, I think Sam Altman said, like, there's been a variety of times in history where a resource becomes 1,000 times cheaper, and then we want to spend 1,000 times more on it. And right mm -hmm. now with AI, we are going through that revolution with intelligence. Before it was with electricity, when, when electricity became 1,000 times cheaper and we want 1,000 times more, similar things are happening happening now. Wow, that's profound. And that's well said. If I were listening to this right now, I'd literally pause and go back 30 seconds and listen to what you just said, probably two or three more times, 
just to get into memory. Alas, I have to continue the show. Um, but that was really, really powerful. Um, so if you're listening in, appreciate what, what Garrick just threw down. Garrick, and what's your own personal vision in 15 seconds? What do you what do you want out of your life over the next three, five, 10, 20 years? I'm I'm personally very inspired by uh some of the things you got you gotta definitely be very uh picky with this. You don't want to take anyone's life whole cloth. Definitely not this person's. Uh, but I'm really inspired by a lot of things that Tim Ferriss has done of just kind of maximizing himself, you know, collecting a lot of experiences. And um, I think that uh, there's seasons in life and, and right now um, going towards more towards that season than probably five years from now and more focus on starting a family. And, and then from there, just continuing the, the circuit. But uh, that's, that's a, a big hero of, of mine. Selected. That's cool, man. I well, I see exactly why you put the context on it. Um, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, and Tim Ferriss has absolutely uh, been a been an icon, a lighthouse for me as well, and making sure that you know I follow the NR policies, the new rich, um, right? Yeah. Of, of creating rich, balance. Yeah. And I was already I was already a stay at home dad from day one at 21 years old, which made me an outlier. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm there being dad, being entrepreneur, working from home, um, you know, in an environment in a world where that wasn't very common. And it was three years after that, that I came across the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. Um, and I was like, hey, cool. This is, this validates my life. Um, like, I don't feel <laughs> so alone and strange yeah. anymore. Um, and then, yes, there are lots of things that he's experimented with and tried that some people consider very dark, very dangerous, very, um, you know, off color. Um, so, you know, but we're all human beings, right? We have, we all have our good, bad, dark, ugly sides. So I see what you're saying, but the virtues that, and the principles that he's put out there in life, they are extremely commendable in my opinion. And I'm glad you bring his name up. Everybody that we're talking about, Jaime, I hope goes in these show notes, Jordan Peterson, uh, Tim Ferriss, et cetera. Cause, uh, people and this, the, what was it? Sam, is that the quote that Sam I was Altman. mesmerized yeah, by? Sam Altman is uh, the founder Altman. of open AI. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Uh, yeah, he's kind of well known at this point in life, um, what he's done. So, Garrick, let's take another big shift. Let's go right into what is your worst business experience ever? There there was a time about, gosh, when was that? That was about seven and a half years ago. We had grown pretty fast we had gone from about 10 employees up to about 25 now now we've we've, we've blown past that but at that time you know that was a pretty pretty big doubling of the penny yeah. um and we had hired uh, a bad actor who we realized had actually in her previous company had also kind of blown up the the company by creating a, a really toxic place, a lot of gossip and a lot of um, kind of us versus them. Um, mm. And it, it's, you know, the, the phrase of like one bad apple can, can ruin the bunch. Um, yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely um, really changed big, big part. I'm of laughing in the background. I'm, like, I'm not going to name him, <laughs> but we've had <laughs> Yeah. 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 That person. Um, and, and so we, we had to go through a pretty big 
shift and ended up um, you know letting a lot of a lot of people go making a really big like a hard reset um, and uh, actually during that time we decided to also fly out to to Taiwan for about a week just to kind of like get the leadership team get our heads you know screwed back on and just kind of like make it a little more of a hard reset but that was a very very hard time you know early on we only had one one business now we have three so there's a lot less stability and just a, a very uh fear of the unknown no actually it wasn't taiwan no actually it was hong kong i don't know why i said taiwan uh but that was a uh looking back on it very very fond a lot of good experiences but going through it um really really rough time mm. it reminds me of uh some of the beginning retreats that uh that go about in a book called the five dysfunctions of a team have you read that book no it's on my reading list uh to it's... read this year but i haven't read it there's two books I regret not reading sooner when I had the chance. That one and the E-Myth. Um, mm -hmm. Read a lot of books on time. Those two I passed up. And I I wish <laughs> I could go back in time and read it right when it came across my desk. Um, so you'll, 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 you'll really appreciate it. With what you went through, you'll be like, oh, my gosh. Um, like, we did what we were supposed to. It's going to validate what you guys did um, in a big way. So uh, I'm curious. Use a quote as well, us versus them. Have you read the book? tribal leadership i have i have not no okay you're living by a lot of those principles as well then that's cool um so then where where do you get your knowledge you've, you've referenced several people you've referenced like you i can tell too that you're good at at following principles based on like your quote you said have um follow people who have what you want who've been where you've been well what drove about these uh what's the powerful lesson visionaries can learn who have you been learning from where do you soak in this knowledge uh, the people who, who I think everyone, everyone can learn from, let me actually like take a step back here and say that yeah, I think that, uh, clear thinkers are you know worth their weight in gold. Um, it's, it's in many ways better to learn from a clear thinker than it is to learn from someone who's, who's smart. When you're smart, that just means you can process data a little bit faster. You just have a CPU cycle. That's super valuable. If um, and it's worth exercising your body and getting your nutrition right, but that's just mental horsepower. Um, there's not there's not really much to it. You can race down a very bad track very fast if you're smart and and you know make a lot of dumb dumb decisions. Um, right. Being a clear thinker for me means that you are taking in the broader context. You're not being clouded by your own thoughts in front of you, and you're seeing things. Um, as clearly as you can, and then you're 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 extracting the principles from it. Um, some some of the clear thinkers that I would call my mentors uh, for your own mind, Tony Robbins. Like he's not as famous yep. now as he was before because Are you kidding me? doesn't what do you want mean? to. No, no, I, I would say he's not. He, he doesn't <laughs> dominate as much as he did before, only because he doesn't want to. Like like he just has other stuff going on. But he's the OG, like one thousand percent. And I agree. if he wanted to be like the the only name that people in my demographic were talking about, he could just keep on doing that content cycle, like like the new Tom Billus and Alex Ramoses, and he would still be on top. He just has decided to like <laughs> diversify, right? Which is good on mm -hmm. him. Um, yeah. But you know his his stuff's incredible. Ray Dalio, I think um, a yeah. lot of his thinking similar. Um, I. I also think Jordan Peterson um, for a lot of young people 
has a lot of wisdom. He's very controversial in some some things for his political views. Um, but I think that for the physics to articulate the physics of being human um, as an individual and how to like get your shit together, um, be able to put for an articulated vision. Uh, there's few people that can that can match him. And so I think a lot of young people that are in, in maybe dark places um, can extract a lot of gold from there, even if you don't have to take him whole cloth. Um, and then, of course, uh, yeah, Tim, Tim Ferriss. Uh, those would be some of the top people. Nice. So you have a very disciplined filter about you um, that, that has allowed you to, to focus on, on who to listen to. And that's cool. Uh, how are you a fan of Iron Man or are you not? I have to ask that because you have a lot of mannerisms uh, that remind me of Robert Downey Jr., especially when he plays Tony Stark. Uh, I, I am a big fan of Iron Man. Yeah, he's definitely my favorite superhero. Um, if somebody goes back and watches this and compares the way that your eyes move as you think, um, and between that and the goatee, um, I think that <laughs> dealt with it too. But that element of genius um, and, and charisma with your genius, it it correlates. Um, it's, it was fun to watch. I was, and I that's one that I look at is Robert Downey Jr. Um, he's one I would add to my list of very similar people. Um, so anyway, had to, I, I had to phrase, add. thank you. <laughs> Puts a feather very in my good. cat very much. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, let's talk, let's keep putting feathers in then. What's your best experience in business? There was a startup in Singapore in the education space who we really believed in, um, and they were in education. Our company, Valhalla.team, specializes. Well, um, now now we, we've kind of broadened beyond this point. But, but a big part of our brand is that we want to support purpose-driven companies, companies that you know are trying to make an impact in the world for good. Okay. And uh, education is definitely a small hinge that, that swings big doors. Um, I think that it's pretty hard, to, pretty hard to argue that. And so there's this education um, start uh, – edutech startup in singapore and we really believed in them we really believed in in their in their founders they were going through an investment round and we decided to uh take a gamble for about eight months um without without being paid um and about eight months in they got they got the investment round closed and then just big fucking pile of cash and it was just such a, a big like we believed in you you believed in us we did this we nailed it and it was um uh, definitely something we would only very selectively repeat. But as far as just like a really good day to have a, a big lump hit in the bank account while, you know, supporting people who needed it, doing good things, just everything came together in a really, really nice way. Dude, uh, you nailed it. I mean, that's Alex Ramosi's Grand Slam offer situation, uh, you know, where when you've when you take big bets, um, you know, and, and you put yourself out, you might have to swing the bat 20 times and you strike out 20 times, but it sounds like in this case, you may not have had the, the need to do that, but it was worth it because in the end you got that massive payoff. And a lot of that has to do with y'all's discipline of not giving up. I mean, how easy would it have been to give up on day 30 or to give up on day 90, um, or to lose faith? On uh, at six months in, um, and to be to be rude and and uh, blame them, uh, you know, yeah. seven months in, uh, did did any opportunities like that come up that you guys decided you know like was there anything like that 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 occurred where um, other entrepreneurs can 
be reminded to, to have faith or call people out or yeah, you know yeah. what 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 did, what did it take to make that successful we're one of the themes of today's talk has been like uh mentors and uh people to learn from so i'll, I'll quote you know seth godin i think that his book the dip was is the best book for thinking about when to push on and when to when to give up um bar bar none uh i i really struggled for the longest time of like what is the rule of thumb or the mental heuristic or the deep i always think about things in default like what's the default principle you can you can have derivatives of it but what's like the default you know what does it take to be a good person and that that's that's uh how my brain chews through things and so this idea of when when do you give up has has really bugged me um how to like simplify it make it so simple you just the truth you can just hold in your hand and, and there it is um i feel like hopefully i've done that in other areas of my life but but couldn't find this one and and the answer is that like that is your job like like you can learn how to do just about anything and then turn your brain off and just run that as a subroutine but the decision of when to quit has to be your your neocortex that 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 part will never be in the back of the brain unlike so many other habits and decisions that has to be something that you you do on on, on a case-by-case -case basis and you have to fully own it i really believe that um what goes along with that is you know some of the principles to guide your way through it um i think that there is a lot of wisdom in um you want to avoid the sunk cost fallacy. You want to you want to look at things as if you know do the mm -hmm. mental reset of what if my brain was in a jar? Like what if I just woke up in a simulation and today was day one and there was no you know no actual past. It was all just installed memories. You know would I have right now in front of me an, an asset where it's like oh I already have a gold mine in front of me. I just have one more foot to carve through because I've already carved through fucking, you know, 200 feet to get here. So am I like, <laughs> I'm amazed. I have, I have gold mine where 200 feet I've already carved through. Is this an asset or is it like, yes. Oh no, I have uh, some dirt in front of me that someone else has carved 200 feet doing nothing. Uh, now, of course the answer is you, you don't know which one, but you can also know that I think there is a, a a disposition of people based on their neuroticism to interpret unknown data in a negative or a positive light. Um, and knowing if you naturally are a little more neurotic um, and that that's just the, the clinical definition. I, I don't want to do the, the, the baggage along with it because actually I love hiring neurotic people because they're scared things are going to go wrong before they go wrong and they fix it it's it's incredible <laughs> so like a lot of, like I'm, I'm 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 a huge fan of, of of that trait in fact i would actually say that i uh have it more than most entrepreneurs my business partners they're like nah it's fine we're gonna we're gonna wing it but i'm like <laughs> but uh so right. I, i'm i definitely definitely think it's a superpower but you, know, I you, agree. Want, you want to interpret malcolm gladwell calls it the holy fool Oh, yeah? in, his, in one of his books, uh, very crazy, dark book. I think you would enjoy it. I think you would really, really get a lot out of it um, as well. Um, What's the book name? But it's it's called uh, Talking with Strangers. Um, okay. And I thought it was a self-development book. It's not. Um, but the amount of <laughs> history and truth that is revealed that is just 
kind of scary and awkward um, is like, it's a, it's a really important read for, for world leaders. Um, and so I would, I would definitely check it out. But the Holy Fool is a person in society who, yeah, like they end up becoming hermits in life usually because they, they get obsessed with the idea of something happening, but they're the types of people who predict the 9-11 events are going to happen um, mm-hmm. in the world. They're the ones who were skeptical enough to see the, uh, the effects of what, what could be happening under the surface of something at play. So like black um, swan detectors by yeah, being exa- uh, pessimistic as, as, as they are. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. And so the, these things all overlap. They're traits that we all, I think we all possess them within ourselves to some degree, but it's which ones do you cultivate um, you know, within yourself? Which ones do you gravitate towards and want to be like? And uh, so thank you. I'm sorry to steal your path here, but no, no, I was like, cool. This is how I associate and relate to uh, exactly what you're talking about. There's, there's a great need for balance of appreciation. And I think Ray Dalio, like, is someone who has made better decisions than most. Investment is theoretically just a way to keep track of your decision making, right? So, so investors often are very clear thinkers. Uh, they have to be. And uh, while Ray Dalio, at this point, you know, truthfully, he just has a lot of computer algorithms that they've designed, and like he has uh, a lot of infrastructure beyond what what most people have. Um, his his fundamentals is just get more people's brains on the right decisions. And so like, if you're wondering to give up, um, a huge part is just to talk with other people, triangulate, because uh, you might be a little more neurotic or less neurotic. And you might want to talk with people who are more or less optimistic or just have, have been through, gone through where you're, you're going. You want to surround yourselves with mentors. And even if they, right. just explaining the situation to them you're going to verbally process it in a way that will become clearer in your mind. And so a uh, big fan of, of uh, talking with friends and family. If you're like, do I, do I keep, do I push on or not? And uh, you got to cultivate those relationships in your life. You, you can do that, which is hard, but it's, um, it's going to pay dividends. I'm glad. I think you said friends or family, um, you know, and, and I think it's an important, word to use is the or it's uh, not everybody has a family that's suited to talk about familial topics or a family that's suitable to talk about business topics um but the vice versa might be true um and uh gary vanderchuk talks about you know having your your inner circle like being the most important aspect yeah. of, of your growth um and we hear that time and time again with visionaries that we host um with great leaders that i talk to or shadow but i love that you also talk about mentors from a soundboard experience, um, meaning, yeah, they're there to guide and there's there's that element that's important and they're there to read about and listen to from a distance. But you just shared about making sure that you test your subjects of concern. And by doing so, you often reveal your own answer as you yeah. are the visionary of your life. Um, and I, I think that's an important reality to, to gravitate towards. So um man well well said thank you for that appreciate it thanks (laughs) (laughs) um all right so with that with that being said um there's a page i wanted to go to Um, i'm going to pull it up real quick and uh we'll dive in with whatever remaining time we have on it actually there's two pages i'll pull up let's just do this full screen thing here let's go right over here we've hardly talked about ai yeah (laughs) That's all right, though. Um, I, I know people will know to gravitate towards you as a leader 
um, and understand that if they want to get ahead of AI, then they need to be working with leaders who know what they're talking about from a leadership standpoint. So that's my take on it anyway. Um, I've got the book now. Dip is good to go. The dip. I'm ready to listen to it. And uh, let's move over to your page here, though, because you got a you got a you got a speaking topic on here. Getting ahead of the curve. Three strategies to create a billion dollar AI company within three to four minutes. Go. Just kidding. Um, but <laughs> yeah, here it is. Whatever we can, though. Let's hit it. <laughs> Absolutely. So these uh, actually th this was a topic uh, I did on the Conscious Millionaire show uh it, when you have finished watching this and then gone back and watched it again and then liked and commented and subscribed and did all that stuff then you can go to the conscious millionaire show if you want if you want the long <laughs> yeah. version um but um the 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 two minute version is i i think there's three basic goggles you can put on if you want to start an, an ai product um one is that you can take these general intelligences that we created in your large language models and you can specialize them. You can fine tune them. And uh, the ways you can do that are just throwing them out there. You can make a knowledge base um, AI, which you would um, basically upload a lot of documents and uh, material to the AI for the AI to then reference in all of its communications. Um, or you can fine tune it, which is where you do some extra specialized training on top. Um, if you don't know what those terms are, you can look up fine tuning and knowledge based AI. But in broad strokes, it's about taking an AI that knows everything, but it might be hard to extract the responses you're you're wanting from it. Because you know, you can do role play, you can talk like Julius Caesar or William Shakespeare, or you, know, you can talk like anybody, but you know, you might want to talk like to you, like a lawyer who's really good at specifically Ohio law. Like you really want that AI. So, so it's about narrowing it down so you get a more consistent quality in its responses without having to be fancy, to do fancy prompt engineering, um, which is a valuable skill, but it's one that uh, you might want to be build a product, be, be building a product that doesn't require the user to be doing that. So taking a, a broad AI, making it more narrow, but increasing the consistency of the quality that is one strategy that you could be focusing on a lens you could be putting on and then you can just go to any industry uh law medical um you know those things are resistant to change due to regulation but are are, are definitely dis disruptable um you can find the industry and then use that as as a as a way to to figure out how you can disrupt it the second way is it you can combine AIs together. And this one, I think, will be a little more challenging for um, most people, but is, is, is quite powerful. So um, one thing that's come out in ChatGPT 4.0 is like plugins, for instance. And there was one plugin that was that is for uh, plugging into Wolfram. So Wolfram AI is an AI that is very good at interpreting your questions, but then using top-down logic on those questions. Um, so it's very good at, at Veritas, at, at, at making things that are mathematically factual, where mm. the GPT AI is terrible at that um, because it's using more of a bottom-up approach as opposed to, to top-down. And so by taking the strengths of both of those, you can, um, like, like things with that plugin, you can um, make something that's better than some of its parts. Um, one AI that I think does have to be created um, is an AI that will exist on top of tools like Midjourney, 
which are terrible if you say make a sign um for make, make a a like a a picture of making this up a a restaurant called um bucky's brews um it will mess up the sign on Bucky's Brews. It will get a B in there somewhere, maybe even two Bs, but it's just going to mess up all the letters because its bottom approach doesn't know what words are. So if you do a secondary AI that can locate that part, find the part oh, of your wow. prompt, change the words, that's a second AI existing on the first AI that's specialized. So you've combined two different AIs. Um, so wow, finding ways to combine them, um, I think is going to create some really amazing amazing products and in a way it's really simulating the way the human brain works you know we have a part we make yeah. our decisions by having a congress of different values that compete with each other and ai yeah. is going to go through a similar evolution um then the third uh goggle you can put on for finding billion dollar ideas or strategies you can deploy to create a billion dollar company um is that i don't know about about you but my experience using AI to create you know, content or create um, create copy, um, replies to emails, whatever, has been a moment of, while I'm writing the prompt, so often, oh gosh, what do I tell it is a context? Like, how do I give it, like, who this person is? How would I even articulate why I care what this person thinks, who are they, uh, you know, what parts of my company are relevant. Like there's a whole uh, world, which I think was always part of the process. It was just hidden because typing took longer. So we had longer time to background process it. But now mm -hmm. when you have to type such a smaller prompt, all that background processing is, is condensed in that, in that moment. Mm. Um, and so creating tools that can more easily create prompts and give it the context um, so that your brain doesn't have to um, go through that, that, uh, that, that pain struggle. of creating. The same thing that you're, you're feeling right now. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. And yeah. I, get, I get to be the lucky outsider who's like, oh, it's easy for me to figure out an example because you're the one creating the reality for me. But you're trying to condense it into the finishing of the episode, right? So it's a similar concept. And I thought of the movie Her. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a there's a movie called Her. Yep. And uh, somebody wants to write a letter. And she's and I think he writes letters. But the prompt from her is like, well, what's the personality type? Yep. Right. Is this a delicate letter or is this more of a romance letter? Right. And it's those prompts that we're used to in other forms of devices or when we're talking to a strategist um, or a teacher, perhaps that's going to guide us like, oh, you want about U.S. history? Like what what years are we talking? Yeah. What centuries are we talking? They the great teachers of the world have the ability, like you said, to pull learning knowledge smarts into context with clarity. And as AI learns how to do that we will unlock new new heights and have far less friction in terms of what we're trying to create yeah. with these technologies. And you're one of the people leading the way with that. And that's amazing. Any yeah. final thoughts you want to share, Garrick? Any, any favorite places for people to connect with you on or people welcome to reach out to you on LinkedIn, Facebook, and elsewhere? Yeah, people are welcome to reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, 
if you are looking to start uh, a new venture in in AI. Uh, right now, we're looking for for partners to potentially start new new ventures where they plan to exit from them in two to three years. Um, also, if you are a business owner that wants to add AI to your to your company uh, to increase its valuation or just make it uh, a a better um, to run better optimized with with uh, out maybe you being as as involved. Uh, these are the, the areas we, we specialize in. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. And if you are wanting to build a software product that uses AI, I'd recommend you can check out our website. It was on the screen earlier, Valhalla.team. And you can also uh, reach out to us there. Valhalla.team. Awesome, man. Well, we might be catching up on uh, about CapShow um, and other technologies like that soon enough. If you haven't seen that, Garrick, they are the uh, number one recommended uh, artificial intelligence software for podcasters. Um, by digitalmarketer.com. Um, and so they're right there in your wheelhouse working on similar things. And uh, it'd be fun to bring great minds together because we got 8 billion people in this world to help my friend. So thank you for being Mad willing perfect. to do that. All you vision pros listening in, uh, you know, I hope you get some valuable takeaways out of this and write them down. Uh, see opportunities to apply this to your life. And if you need some guidance um, on, on AI, consider the the quality of leaders that Garrick mentioned today um, and, uh, you know, as feathers in his own cap. And Garrick, we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Jackson. You guys all take care. Bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building.